our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia Sim. How are we? We are good. How are you? I am good. Maya and I are recording this in person, and we're so close. I could, like, touch you right now. I'm touching her right now. Please keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. It's so fun recording in person, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like when we record virtually, I just interrupt you (laughs) because you breathe, you take a breath and I'm like, oh, that's my place to interject. She's done talking and cue (laughs) and cue. But now that we're in person, I can see you and it's not like on a one second delayed conversation. So hopefully there will be less interruptions. Oh, no, it's fine. Like, if you've got something to say, say it, girl. Say it with your chest. Yeah. (laughs) You're on a podcast. People are here to listen. They are. They are. So this week, we are talking about the businesses that I have made that failed. And Mm -hmm. because there is so much to talk about, we have decided to split this into two episodes. Lovely. I think there is so much beauty and fun in sharing not just the things that go well, because they always go well when you talk about things that go well, right? But the things that go wrong. I think there's more fun in that. I love it. I'm, I've said this time and time again. I'm a stories person, but people sharing their failure makes, especially in business and kind of people that you look up to and things like that, it makes them seem just like human. I just automatically put people and organizations or whatever on a pedestal and then they share their experiences, their completely normal experiences. You're like, that's right. Like this happens to everyone. It's not just me like fumbling around, not knowing what to do. Like everyone's just figuring it out. Wait, you said you look up to me? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I agree. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I have had in my little business journey, if I can call it that. Big business journey. Big business journey has been learning that so many people that I look up to are like, quote unquote, just like me. Or so many people like I look up to still have their problems or their fears or their insecurities. That's helped me so much because you just assume that that you like must reach a certain level and you just are good. It's everything's just like sorted and 
they have like no problems. Like you just imagine that business owners wake up and they roll into their office and everything that they need to do is in front of them and they do their meetings and they know what the next step is and you just feel like they've got their crap together. Oh, 100%. They give me like clean girl TikTok energy. Oh, yeah. You know, like the people yeah. that just like wake up, got their matcha lattes, put on their Lululemon, go to the gym and it's still like 8 a.m. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, do, do, do. Like, no qualms about going they're just like yep got it my little swipey i'm ready and we're not no i'm so glad to hear that like we are human (laughs) we are so human yes so let's get into the first one i'm here i'm gonna be honest i'll tell you everything i'm so embarrassed but i'm so excited for this episode i'm don't be embarrassed because we're all able to learn from you yeah so what businesses did you have so i'll start with the first one and we'll go through the first two today Mm -hmm. the very first business i had that failed was a accessories business and it was different to the indian feminist because the indian feminist was an accessories Mm -hmm. business well it was a, a media company that also sold like merch and one of the first businesses i started i think before the indian yeah before the indian feminist was I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell sunglasses. Mm. I think I remember this one. And I was like, I'm going to sell sunglasses. I'm going to find them online. And I just remember thinking like, there's no place where I can get like cheap sunnies. So this will be like a place where I can sell sunglasses at like $20 or $30. Mm -hmm. And I guess the reason why it failed was not that I – it wasn't necessarily a bad business, but I just got bored of it and I gave up and I sold it for a thousand dollars. I look back on it now and I'm like, that business was making more than a thousand dollars each year. <laughs> Why did I sell it for that? Like Why did you sell it for that? I just wanted to get rid of it. I was uh, just so yeah. like, I didn't know how to, what's the word? Like even decide how much a business should be mm. sold for. Definitely didn't know what profit and loss statements were back then. And It was a good business in that it was all remote. I didn't have any upfront fees. Like the way it worked back then, it was like a a fulfillment center. So if someone ordered something, it would then get shipped to them. So I didn't have to hold stock. Right. Like it was just so great. How long was this? Did you have this business for? How long did I have this for? I want to say like six months. I didn't really give it much time. Six months of that. I sold it within the year. Yeah. And you made profit from it as well. And I was making profit from day one. Oh, nice. And now that I think about it, how on earth was I finding clients? I have no idea how I did yeah. it. Yeah. Because how old were you? How old was I? I was, I think, in my first year of uni or my last year of high school. First year of uni. So either 17, 18. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. I made an Instagram for it. And for oh, the okay. Instagram. This is where it all started. This is how it all begins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made an Instagram for it and it was just not a really – I look at it as a failure, not because of the idea. I thought the idea was great, not because of the products, like they were high quality products. And I put so much and I learned so much from it, but it was a failure in the sense that the way it ended, I wish I did it differently. And how did you wish you did it? I wish I had realized earlier on, okay, this is not for me and then found someone to buy it. And then I wish I had stayed on for like two months and trained them. And how to run it because oh. I made them like a, a little word doc. Or something. Yeah, I made them like a little word doc explaining how all of it worked, how it ran. I sold it to them and she was so happy. And then I went and checked on the website like six months later and it just like had died down and it just wasn't 
like the business died and I was like my baby oh <laughs> like this had so much potential I should have like vetted the person better and given it to someone that not knew what they were doing but could do more with it do you think the person who bought it was wasn't as interested like the way that you were I don't know if interested is the right word I think they just didn't they maybe weren't well equipped to oh, understand right. how okay. to run it and I thought that I guess when like, when you're 19 you kind of just assume like everyone knows more than you mm. and you just assume like oh they know this plus more so and if they're buying it they must know how to do some kind like, of business yeah stuff. e-commerce must be like yeah. all there must be all about it and so if I was to do it again I would have stayed on and this is what most company owners do like when they sell their business part of the deal is yep you can buy it off me for like three million and I will stay on as CEO for six months Oh, or like I'll stay on the CEO for a year. So you'll have to pay me <laughs> and I will figure out my next step in the meantime, but I'm just going to help you with a handover. Mm, okay. And so what did the failure of that business cost you? Well, I guess it was the opportunity cost of how much it could have sold for more mm-hmm. and just like my pride. <laughs> My pride okay. in terms of so not a big cost. I mean your your pride. My pride in terms of like it would have been nice to have seen it flourish. Okay. I have to ask you a question, Maya. What would you have done in my shoes? Is this Maya now or Maya 18? Maya now. Maya okay. So I was gonna say Maya 18 wouldn't have even like known how to start a sunglass business. But Maya now probably I think knowing the person that I am and I give like I care a lot about the things that I put my time into Mm -hmm. and so I probably would have been a little bit more selective in the person who would take over the business and been taken yeah a little bit more care on the handover process Mm -hmm. just to see because that would have been something that I put my name to and just Mm -hmm. kind of the whole reputation thing to be like I'm passing this on to someone and would want it to continue, especially if it's like my first business. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there was a part of me that didn't feel like I was worthy or my business deserved more than like what I sold it for. And I think part of me was like, oh, like I'm just this young person. Like it doesn't really deserve. Like now that I look back on it, I'm like, I had a business that was profitable from day one. Mm -hmm. The overheads of running that business was maybe like $50 a month. So it wasn't very expensive to run. Yep. And if I had just found someone that could put in the time and energy to like invest more in marketing, this business would have done fantastically. And this was so long ago. This was like before drop shipping was a thing or before well, I guess it must have been a thing around that. It was like before anyone else was selling that product and it was like a honestly a beautiful website. Like I was so proud of it. And the branding was amazing. And even I think I just sold myself short because I didn't think I was worthy of anything more. And I think that's what I really would have changed. Like, why was I so not confident? I mean, I also wouldn't beat yourself up about it because you were 18. Like, yes. so young. I think 18-year-olds, you know, we're in the cocoon, you know, typically the cocoon of our parents in high school and then you step out into the big world. And there's such a huge difference from being at home to, like, actually seeing how to be an adult in the world. So don't be so hard on yourself. But what has that lesson taught you? I think it's definitely taught me that whatever I think I should sell something for or whatever I think something is worth, like, double it or triple it or like five times it because 
I think I'm just naturally always underselling myself Mm. in terms of my work. I always just find that there's a part of me that thinks, well, it's just me. And so if this product is coming from just me, it's just this product. Mm. Like if I'm like not that in my head, I'm like, if I'm not that great, then what I create must not be that great. And having to unlearn that and go, if I don't think I'm that great, like that's a separate issue, but the products are fantastic. (laughs) The output is on par. (laughs) Like you don't have to like love yourself to know that your product is bomb. Yeah. Like your business is not you. Yeah. Okay. And that has been really helpful. That's a really good thing to hear, especially hearing that, you know, Girls That Invest is your baby. And so your business is your baby, but also at the same time, whatever insecurities you may hold as a person, do not overflow them onto your business. (laughs) They are two separate entities legally. That's a really good insight. Thank you. And so do you, what was your second business? My second business that failed was a tutoring company. Tutoring? Yeah. So so what happened, I guess I haven't told you this, and so this is an exclusive first. I started tutoring in high school and it was really fun. It was like a family friend and I had a lot of tutoring when I was younger and the tutoring was just so fun. I realized I had a real knack for teaching. Yeah, you're a good teacher. Thank you. And I think honestly, between you, me and, you know, the person listening right now, I think that's what my like little zone of genius is. Yeah, I think that's your unique, like uniqueness about you within business. You make everything teachable. Yeah, teachable, yeah, you easy. You break things down really easily. And so that's that's my superpower. That's my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And I only realized that when I started tutoring. I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. Like, this kid is doing well. <laughs> Thank you. I You're welcome. Helping. <laughs> and so I was like, I could do this bigger. And I had a friend that was tutoring as well, but she was tutoring for a company, whereas I was just like tutoring on my own. And the company was taking a lot more than what she was being paid. So let's say like an hourly rate, the company was charging the family that she was tutoring like $59 an hour, which is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And they were only paying her $20 an hour. Mm. And I was like, this is such a big disparity. Like I think I could do this better where we charge people a certain amount, but we pay people better because we don't need such overheads. Like those companies were charging so much, but they're not paying their staff enough because they had like big offices to pay Mm -hmm. for and all these other expenses. And I was like, well, I can do this remotely and I can do this from home. And so I don't need a big office. And so I can like, I can do this on my own and then I can bring in other people and it's just going to be so much better. So I had the idea, Maya. Mm -hmm. I made the website. I spent like, I'm going to say at least a hundred plus hours on that website. Really? I get so into it. Like I get so intricate and it's not that it's like coding or anything that's difficult. Just the aesthetic. It's the aesthetic. Yeah, I get that. Getting the aesthetic right, like Mm. getting the right feel, the right vibe, like making it real premium looking. Yeah. like – you know, the copywriting, how does how do I make it sound amazing? Mm-hmm. And I just like had this feeling of this is going to be wonderful. And I spent so much time on the design and the branding because I think that's my like other superpower. That's what, Definitely. what I enjoy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm so good at it, but I enjoy it. And I launched it. I put it up. I told people about it. 
I put it on websites. I told my mum to like tell her family friends, like, hey, like, send my kids. kids. Bring your kids, yeah. bring your sons, bring your daughters. Like, I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to teach. Yeah. And besides that one kid that I was teaching, I did not get a single inquiry. <laughs> no. Not even an inquiry. Not even an inquiry, let alone another client. Not even an auntie. Like, I guess you could. Not even a. My kid needs help with math. Nothing. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. It went over like, I even remember asking like a family member, like a relative, like, hey, do you want your kid tutored? And they were like, we're okay. <laughs> were you like, um, I know stuff. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. I'm good at it though. I'm good at it. I look at my website though. Yeah. <laughs> Did you show them the website? I'm I'm sure I tried to. Did people even get to see your mastery it was gorgeous it was like my I did so much research I looked at like the top like tutoring companies in like the UK and they were so prestigious and I was like I could do something like this like I used very similar like language and I just wanted it to be like this beautiful like premium looking but like everyday cost brand and you I did your research oh girl I did my research like this was a legitimate company as far as I was concerned yeah. That website was good, but just no clients. And I, the mistake was obviously the failure was that I got no clients Mm -hmm. and the business shut down. Mm -hmm. But I think the second mistake now that I like look back on it is I just gave up so quickly. Did you just shut it down after the first round and people were like, "Mm -mm." yeah, I was just like, oh, well, that's done. Yeah. That's very unlike Simran of you. Yeah. It isn't like me at all. I'm of two minds about it. And I think for me, the concern at the time was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. Like now that people know this is my company, I just assumed people would know that no one was joining it. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. And now that I think about it, no one knew. Like I could have, mm. no one knew how many people were enrolled. Like I just let it get to me and the shame of the possibility of people knowing made me shut down the entire business. Wow. Yeah. And so even this is more of a reason for people to separate their businesses <laughs> from who you are as a person in the, that kind of terms. A hundred percent. Because like you were just embarrassed that no one signed up. I think it's a normal thing because you're like, oh my gosh, you're embarrassed. No one look at me. You're like, everyone must know. It was just so bad. 
now that I look at it, if I was with the, you know, frontal lobe that I've developed since then. Yes, because how old were you? Less than 26. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Were you still in high school or in university? Then, uh, I can't. I think uni. I think uni. Still young. Young enough. And I think at that stage, I just had a gut feeling that like this wasn't going to work. But if I was to look at it now, this is what I would have done differently. I would have realized, okay, I don't have any clients. I can do something about this. I can go to schools and like offer services. Mm. I can like find ways to be creative. I can make an Instagram account. And now I'm, I can make a TikTok and I can sh- like I would do so well if I jumped on TikTok and was like, how do we make tutoring something that seems really like scary and boring and like uh seem exciting and it comes from the kids going oh my god mom and dad like this tutor seems so cool and helpful Mm. cool and helpful i'm assuming because you're cool and helpful obviously that's how i describe myself (laughs) and that is what i would do and it would be so much easier but at the time i was like well no one's joining like let's that was shut up shop yeah that was fun time all the hours I'd put into it were just, I guess, in a way wasted, but I would have at least sold it on. And mm. I keep forgetting to do this. I would have right. just been like, okay, well, I have all, I've got this beautiful website. I've got all these systems. I've got one client. It's me and my like little tutie. And like, I could have at least sold that. That would have been worth like a couple of grand, like just the branding mm. and, and the beautiful website. And the beautiful website. God, the website. <sighs> And I just, I let it go. In saying that though, I think there was something wise that I learned in that moment, which is it's okay to cut your losses and move on quickly in business. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had just sold it and moved on, but I like that I was like, oh, well, this is not working. Maybe I'm not that into it. Okay. Because if I was, I would have grit and I would continue. Yeah. So maybe I've like realized maybe I wasn't that passionate about this particular type of mm. teaching format and I think there's a beauty in being able to go okay just move on to the next thing because mm. I was gonna say it's very unlike you to give up well you take give up and it feels like this was unfinished yeah like it's just it's very unlike you to at least conclude something like to whatever that looks like but yeah like you said was that because you're like actually I don't really care about this that much, so I'm just going to – I've already spent too much time on it already. I'm just going to move on. Is that kind of where your mentality was at? I think subconsciously. I don't think I put it into words. I don't think I realized at the time. But looking back on it now, I think I recognized this isn't my passion and I thought it was, but I still love teaching and I'll just find another way to teach. Okay. And you've said this many times before in previous episodes, a strong business comes from like a strong why and a strong community. And so would you say the failure of these businesses were because you didn't really have, you had interest and you're like, oh yeah, these are cool, but you didn't have that strong connection of a why with the Indian feminists or Girls and Invest. I think so. And I think in the moment at that time, like I was so convinced that these were my why. I was like, sunglasses, this is my why. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me tell you. <laughs> it's like tutoring. I was like, this is my why. Like in the moment, they felt like my why. Oh, okay. As time went on, 
I would realize that as hiccups would occur, I didn't feel that passionately enough about them to fix them. Mm -hmm. And so that was almost me subconsciously telling myself, well, like if you're ready to be a runner, like if you're ready to jump ship and look at the next thing, you're already looking at like the next business idea, maybe this just isn't the one for you. And that's Mm. okay. Because when you, I know myself and when I find things I'm passionate about, it's very hard for me to let go. So if it's easy for me to let go of something, it should just have gone like a month ago. Yeah, because you're like, I know myself and I'm not really sticking around this. So that's it. I'm just going to not finish. I'm just not going to yeah. finish it. Do you have any other questions before we wrap up on these? I, because this is part, this is part one and part two, I'll save it for part two. Oh, I'm yeah. very excited. For part two, <laughs> I get to talk about the other two businesses I've created that failed because God, there are plenty. Mm-hmm. But I'm very excited. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope it just makes you realize that like it's never your first business that does well. It never is. Sometimes it's your fifth. Sometimes it's your tenth. It just shows that every time I started one of these like with the first one, I learned how to brand really well. Mm. Or the second one, I learned how to brand really well even more. But I also learned that like – <laughs> hundred hours, but I learned, you know, how to do market research and I learned how to look at other people that were doing really well in their field and like, how do I not copy them, but how do I take the good parts of what they do and leave out the bad parts and mm-hmm. do it my way? Also, like one of the businesses that I was looking at for the tutoring, it ended up being like this really high end tutoring company in the UK. And it was like, for people that like... It was like shakes kids, like kids of people that were princes in Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. And I was That's like, not where I thought we were going with that. I was like, I've gone way too deep. <laughs> That's market research. That is. <laughs> so I learned how to do market yeah. research. So every business that's failed, I've picked up a skill. Yes. So you, it's not a complete loss. No. It's, yeah. No failure is ever a complete no. loss. It's yeah. just a data point and it helps you on your journey. Exactly. Right. Well, until next week, Maya. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.